0: So that's gonna do for today, guys. Thanks again for tuning in. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, you know where to find me. Twitter, Instagram, even my website. But again, thank you all for your support. Have a great day. Talk to you next week. There's a guy that has a Understanding the home runs are there nineteen on the season. We already have sixteen on the season. I do question the whole situation with them. I do think that takes some leadership points off, and I hate saying that, but they have to. You don't know what you're going to get, it, it, it's exciting. That's why I listen to Sports story. All right, guys, let's get right into it. It is a tough time being a New York football Giants fan right now. Not a lot to be excited about. A lot to be frustrated about. So you haven't heard from me in a little bit, so we haven't had a chance to talk about the Giants First Dolphins game. We haven't had a chance to talk about the Giants First Bills game, obviously. And we just have to talk about the next upcoming game here against Washington. So let's start with the Giants Dolphins game. My cousin got married. Congratulations to them, Johnny and Maria. So I did not have a chance to watch the game. I was checking the score as time, you know, as the wedding was going. Um and I watched the game afterwards, the highlights, all the big stuff. Um but I did not get to watch it live. And at halftime, the Giants were hanging in there. At halftime, they were only down 17-10. And I checked the score, the the mass just ended for the wedding, and I checked the score and I saw 17-10 at halftime. I was like, "Wow." How are the Giants only down by 7? That's insane. You know, the Giants down by 7 the way they're playing right now is almost like they're up by 30. You can't believe it. Especially against the Dolphins. So, I, I was amazed. But as you all know, the Dolphins pulled away. And by the end of the game, it wasn't even close. Which is kind of what we expected. We didn't expect the Giants to play a really close game. Let's be honest. I know you all were shocked, just like me. No one went went into this game thinking at halftime the Giants would be only down 7 and be right in it. But, you know, the Dolphins have an elite team, and they pulled away real quick. The story of that game, I'm sorry I keep beating it into you guys, but it's the offensive line. They could not stop a cold. They looked horrible. Evan Neal, not to beat up on him, but he did not look good. Obviously, I forget what quarter it was. Excuse me. But I I forget what the quarter was, but you all know, you all saw the play where he literally looked to his left and let the the guy go right past him, the defender for the Dolphins. Didn't even try to block him. Easy sack. But it's not just Evan Neal. I know I keep beating up on Evan Neal, and the reason why I beat up on Evan Neal is because I have, you know, I have a lot of faith in him even though he keeps disappointing me. In 7th seventh, seventh overall pick, I refuse to believe that he's going to be a bust, although he looks like he will be. I just think he has so much potential, even though he's not showing it. So, I don't want to be too hard on him. I know I was hard on him for his comments. Look, I I think some people are taking it too far, like, uh, what is his name, Don from WFAN, uh, you know, ranting about, boom, every chance you get, look, I'm really upset with his comments. Uh, obviously, I was a little heated about it, but I'm willing to let it go. I just want to see the guy succeed. So hopefully he he figures it out, um, but it doesn't look like he will, at least anytime soon. But it's not just Neil. They all look bad. Glawinski, Bredesen, McKeithen. I go down the list, right? They all do not look good. It's not just Evan Neal. The only one that looks good is Andrew Thomas, who's hurt. Who would have thought he'd be out this long? And, you know, John Michael Schmitz, he's looked pretty solid for a rookie. He's got the shoulder banged up. We don't know how long he'll be out. We haven't heard anything. It might be a while, just like Andrew Thomas. So that was the theme of the game. The offensive line could not stop anyone. They were letting people in and... Left and right, it was not as bad as the Seahawks game, but it wasn't much better either. They were letting people get to Daniel Jones often, often enough where he gets sacked and hurts his neck, right? He's out. Um, He's out. He's going to be out this week uh, against Washington, most likely. Uh, Maybe he'll play the week after, but I don't know. You know, he keeps downplaying it and saying it's not that serious, but You know, until I see him really play, I think otherwise, he's practiced a little bit, but no contact in any of his practices, so clearly it's bothering him enough, but he looked good up until the injury. You look at his numbers, he was 14 for 20 with 119 yards. He looked like he was seeing the field much better, much better. He was completing his passes, like I said, 14 or 20. That's pretty darn good. 119 yards. His numbers were not bad. And even if you look at his numbers, which weren't bad to begin with, you also have to really watch the highlights and see that he was actually seeing the the, uh, field pretty well. You know, it wasn't like usual where he's, you know, kind of escaping fairly clean pockets not throwing open guys, which we've seen all year so far, he looked much more comfortable, which is why it's a shame that he did get hurt. Because he was finally... you know I'm not saying he was going to turn the corner, but he looked his best against the Dolphins really of the season, other than the Cardinals game, which was the second half, because the first half he stunk. So you could argue, other than the second half of the Cardinals game, against the Dolphins that Sunday, he looked the best all season. And he goes out with a neck injury. Unfortunate. And we'll have to see what the Giants do from here. Whether they really want to kind of baby him into things. Or they really want to push him. I'm sure they won't rush him. Especially the way Tyrod played against the Bills. But we'll see. So, same theme as, the, same theme as always with the offense. Offensive line stunk. They're going to continue to stink until you get Thomas back and John Michael Schmitz back. This offensive line is not going to be good. The only bright spot besides Thomas and Michael Schmitz who aren't playing is Pugh. He's looked good. You know, since the Giants got him, obviously against the Bills, he looked very good. I'm not saying he'll keep it up. I'm not saying the Giants got a steal. I don't know if he'll play well the whole season, but I got to tell you, I was impressed with what I saw from him against the Bills. But let's stay with the Dolphins game here. The offensive line, disaster. I'm going to keep telling you guys that. It's going to be a theme all year. Jones looked much better. We'll have to see if if that's just a start of something or that was just kind of an outlier performance like the second half of the Cardinals game. Right? But... Now let's talk about the defense because the offense still the offense is is gonna be this way all year round. You're gonna you're gonna see the offensive line struggle all year round. They'll get better when Thomas and and Michael Schmitz return, but the offensive line is gonna struggle all year around. The wide receivers are gonna struggle all year round. Wallers are gonna struggle all year round. They're struggling to get people involved. I think besides Barkley, you're gonna see uh, this constant theme of the offensive line struggling the the weapons that are supposed to be weapons aren't really producing like weapons and I don't know if this was really the start of something for me I think this was kind of an outlier performance for Jones I think he's going to struggle when he comes back but I hope I'm wrong but we've only seen other than that game before he got knocked out with the neck injury we've only seen two good quarters from him two good quarters because you got to remember he looked horrible the first half against the Cardinals he did he didn't look good. It was a hideous performance, an ugly performance by him, and the Giants were way out of that game. I don't know what he had. Maybe maybe he had some of that uh, juice that uh, Michael Jordan gave uh, Bugs Bunny and the rest of them in Space Jam, which obviously really was just water. But maybe, I don't know, maybe he drank some of that, but he turned into a superstar that second half, but we haven't seen it since. And I don't really think we are going to. Look, Jones is who he is. Jones is not a Peyton Manning. He's not a Tom Brady. Jones is a guy that you could win if you build around him. But Daniel Jones will never be a guy that puts a team on his back. The only time I've really ever seen him put a team, the the team on his back, was that playoff game against the Vikings. But he's been in the league for a few years now. It's not like he's a rookie. He's been in the league a while here. And I haven't seen much of him putting a team on his back, a Giants team on his back, And winning a game. It hasn't happened often. He's a guy that if you build around Daniel Jones, I want him to be the future of the Giants. But he's never going to be a guy that could just take over a game like Russell Wilson backways with the Seahawks. Or you saw Anthony Richardson doing it before he got hurt with the Colts. He's never going to be one of those guys. You know, a Peyton Manning back in his day. A Tom Brady where you could give him scrubs. You could give him guys you found off the street before the game, and he's going to turn them into superstars. Daniel Jones will never be that guy. So unless the Giants build around him, he's never going to blossom. And they have not done so yet. You know, they've tried to build an offensive line. I'm not going to say they neglected it. They've tried to build an offensive line. But Neal's not producing the way we've wanted him to. Thomas is hurt. John Michael Schmitz is out. You know, Gluwinski... And Bredesen, they're not the players we thought they might be. McKeithen, you drafted him. He doesn't look outstanding. Not giving up on him yet. I think he'll be solid, but hasn't looked good. So the Giants have invested. It's not like they just, you know, let the offensive line go. Joshua Zudu, they've given him plenty of chances to win the starting job, and he has not blossomed into the player we hoped. So the Giants have tried to dress this offensive line over the years. It just hasn't worked out. Maybe at times under Gettleman, they could have addressed it a little bit better. I'm not arguing that, but at the end of the day, if you draft these guys or you know sign these guys and not producing the way you want them to, what else are you going to do? But they have to give him more. He needs a better offensive line. He needs better weapons. And I hate saying this like, uh, we have nothing. We have weapons. We have What was supposed to be a solid offensive line, which hasn't turned into that, you have Saquon Barkley, who's a superstar. So in my opinion, I cannot reiterate this enough, Giants fans. In my opinion, he has had enough tools over his career. I'm not saying he's been treated fairly with the head coaching swaps consistently and the offensive line consistently stinking it up. But in my opinion, in the wide receiver aspect of the Giants team over the last few years, and obviously the running back, Aspect position wise over the last few years. He's had weapons. He's had Saquon Barkley. He's had weapons at the wide receiver position. You can't tell me that he, the giants haven't given him enough wide receivers and running backs weapons wise. He's had plenty, plenty. I mean, it's, it's on Daniel Jones at this point and the offensive line. So, When I say the Giants have to give him more weapons, I'm not saying the Giants haven't. The Giants have given him plenty of weapons at the wide receiver position and the running back position. They have. What I'm saying is if you want to win with Daniel Jones, you have to give him more weapons. Unfortunately, he needs more. More than we would have thought or hoped. So the Giants have two options here. They could either continue with Daniel Jones or... They move on from him, right? Those are the two options going into this year's draft. With Williams and and all these prospects, you either keep Jones or you can move on from him. That's the decision the Giants will have to make when the year is over because you're going to go down two different, clearly two different paths. You can either keep Jones and you're going to have to build around him. You're going to be taking offensive linemen, taking wide receivers, or you decide to move on from him, and your first pick, obviously, is going to be a quarterback. However you want to do it. So two different paths, obviously. Now, with Jones, as I've said, he has the potential. But at the end of the day, we have to put some blame on him, and we have to realize that maybe he's not as talented as we hoped when we drafted him in the first round. I'm not saying we should move on from him. But I think this is a question we need to ask ourselves as the year goes on. Do we move on from him? Do we continue to invest into weapons and say, look, eventually he'll get it? Only time will tell. I don't know what I want the Giants to do. I, I think I would rather them hold on to Jones and build around him. But if Jones continues to struggle like this, you know, by the end of the year, I might have a different answer for you. So, we'll have to see what they decide to do with Jones. But I have not been overly thrilled with his performance this year, and I don't expect you guys to either. I mean, it's been bad. And for all the Daniel Jones lovers out there, you got to relax with this love fest you have with him and put some blame on him. I'm tired of seeing on Twitter everyone saying, the offensive line sucks, the offensive line sucks. We know that. But at some point here, Daniel Jones has to put the team on his back, doesn't he? And he doesn't. He never does. We've very rarely seen it in his career. So, Jones, get better. And we'll see. I mean, I think that you could expect him to start against the Jets next week. Which, I'll be at that game. We'll see how that goes. Um, the way the uh, Jets defense is playing right now, I don't really know if the Giants, unfortunately, have a shot. You know, I'll be there with all my Giants gear. Ruin them on like crazy, but I don't know the way the Jets team is playing right now. I don't know if the Giants really have a shot, but I'll go to that game expecting them to win like I do with every game. That's what you do when you're a fan. So that's what I think you should expect from Jones. I think you'll see him miss this week, but I think you'll see him the week after against the Jets. Um, But now getting into the defense. For the uh, Giants-Dolphins game, the defense, you know, it was a mis- a little misleading, their performance. G- they get a turnover, you know, they get a touchdown, and you're like, wow, they're- they played much better. But to me, I can't sit here and tell you I was impressed with the defense. Yeah, I was happy to see them get their first turnover of the season. Yeah, I was happy to see them score a touchdown. Yeah, I was happy to see them get a big play. We've been talking about this. We need the defense to step up because the offense just doesn't have it. But... To me, how could you say a defense that gave up over 500 yards for the day and 35 total points played well, those don't really go hand in hand. I've never heard someone say the defense played amazing, but they gave up 35 points and five, over 500 yards. You, Those don't match. So to me, the defense, even though they got a turnover and a touchdown and they kept them in during the first half. I mean, they held the Dolphins to 17 points and scored seven of their own, pretty much. Well, six with the extra point, obviously. So, I mean, you could sit there and say, look, the Giants defense played well the first half. Yeah, they did. The Giants defense played very well the first half. Put points on the board, held the Dolphins, who has a juggernaut of the offense to 17 points. Okay, but they really struggled in the second half. And the numbers show it. So, to me, it was nice to see him get a touchdown and turnover. It was. But I was not impressed with the defense's performance. Over 500 yards is unacceptable. 35 points is unacceptable. Just overall, there's not much to say about this game. Overall, this game was a disaster, in my opinion. Defense didn't play well, offense didn't play well. Just not a good game. This is one you want to just forget happened. Which let's be honest, Giants fans, we all fi- kind, you know, we all kind of figured the Dolphins would roll over the Giants, even though we hoped that that wouldn't happen. Let's be honest, the way the Dolphins are playing and the Giants are playing, did any of us really expect it to be this close, hard-fought game? No, but to me, there was such a lack of pride and performance to this game, which really bothered me. You get beat by a better team, that's fine. But to give up over 500 yards, to give up 35 points, to barely put anything on the board, points-wise, to me, sloppy game, and it just seemed like the Giants didn't want it. Whether you want to put more blame on the offense or the defense, you guys go ahead and argue that one. To me, I'm always going to put more you know, blame on the offense. To me, this was... A worse performance by the offense, but to me, also, not a good performance by the defense. So, that's my take on the Giants-Dolphins game. Sloppy game all the way around. Play calling, obviously, the offense, the defense, not much to be excited about. There was not really much this game that I took as a, a bright spot. Like, there wasn't, like, one thing from this game that I was like, okay, well, at least we have this. Like, I felt pretty bad about everything that had to do with this game. And I'm sure you all did, too. So, that's that's that with the uh, giants Dolphins game. But let's take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll talk about the Bills game that uh, happened not too long ago here, a few days ago. And that was, in my opinion, a much better game to talk about. Much better bright spots. So, we'll be right back. So, we're back, and now we're going to talk about the Giants versus Bills game that just happened on Sunday night, a few days ago. So, I want to start with the defense. It was a much better game, as you all know. The defense played incredible. I want to start with the linebacker position, O'Carraquet and McFadden. Both of them looked amazing. And I'm happy to see that because the linebacker position for a long time has been questionable for the Giants. I feel like the Giants, for the longest time, have been trying to create a good offensive line and a good linebacker unit. You all know that. We've been talking about this for years, for a long time. But it looks like they finally figured out the linebacker position. Look, we all knew O'Kara was going to be good. There's a reason why we signed him. Look at his numbers against, you know, look at his numbers with the Colts. Excuse me. You know, he was a good linebacker with the Colts. So the Giants grab him, and he struggled his first few games, you know, sloppy tackling, sloppy coverage It's that he it wasn't reading the offense very well, but every week he got at least a little bit better. you saw some improvement and now he looks really really good. You saw him he's making tackles, you know he was playing coverage pretty well, he even had a pass defense, so good for him McFadden he's a guy that has a ton of potential. The question is does he want to unlock it and I think he's finally starting to unlock it right he he was very involved making tackles making plays he looks good you know and we all knew that he had potential the question was when was he going to show it because he struggled to show it but i think he finally figured it out i'm not saying he's next to carl banks what i'm saying is he is a good player that i think will finish the year out strong and will be part of the defense next year too very involved right Another thing I want to talk about is Deontay Banks. Wow, is this kid a stud. He looked amazing. He's looked really, really good all year round. He looked excellent against the Bills, but he's looked all year round. I have this uh, stat here from Gridiron Media on Twitter. They posted this excellent tweet. Deontay Banks, obviously, we all know is having a really, really strong year. Completion percentage, only 48.3% against them. Yards per completion, only 9.4. Yards per target, only 4.5. Pass defended, four of them. Passer rating, he's only given up an 84.1 passer rating. And yards after catch, only 45 total yards after the catch. Those are some really, really good numbers, right? The one that stands out to me the most is the yards per target, 4.5. But they all are good. Pass defenses... Four on the year. That's great. Passer rating. is only allowing an 84.1 passer rating. That's very good for a rookie. Could it use some work? Yeah, but for a rookie, that's exceptional. Yards after catch. 45 yards total after catch. You know, it, all these numbers are good. Completion percentage, like I said, the 48.3%. Under 50%. That's very difficult for a rookie to do. You know, it, it, it's an exceptional, exceptional year for Deontay Banks. So, really happy what I see from him. You know, it's it's very exciting. The Giants do have some bright spots on this defense. They do, right? The defensive line was getting to Josh Allen Sunday night. You know, they, they all were. You know, it, it wasn't like your typical game for the Bills where Allen, you know, has a clean pocket. He scrambles from time to time. And he fires strong throws. I mean, he was on the run for a lot of the night. Even had to come out for a few plays because he hurt his shoulder on a hit. So he he was definitely on the move quite often. The line was pressuring him. You know, th- and with coverage, the Giants held Allen to 169 total yards with an interception. Think about that. Josh Allen, we're used to seeing him throw for 400 yards. Well, that's exaggeration a little bit, but we're, we're used to seeing him hit that 300 mark. Now, we're used to seeing him finish with a pair of touchdowns, maybe more. The Giants held him to just 169 yards and an interception. Incredible job by the Giants' defense. They were pressuring him, like I said. They were getting to him. The coverage was strong. Starts with Deontay Banks, but doesn't end there. And the defense just looked amazing. Only gave up 14 points. The only complaint I had about the defense was, They did have trouble stopping James Cook at times. He finished with 71 yards on only 14 carries. So I know you hear the 71 yards and you're like, wow, you know, that's pretty good. What is Charlie talking about? 71 yards is nothing. But that was only on 14 carries. It's not like he had 25 carries. So the Giants at times, you know, the Giants at times Sunday night did have trouble stopping the run defensively. But other than that, I mean, they they were incredible pass defense, incredible You know, at getting to Josh Allen and, you know, messing him up any way they can. Very impressive. You know, in the defensive line, we all knew this year was going to be a strength. (coughs) With Kayvon, Thibodeau, he's been a little inconsistent. You know, I thought we would have saw more of him against the Bills. He wasn't getting super involved. Um, Not as involved as I thought he would, but, you know, Dexter Lawrence... He's played exceptional. We all knew he was going to. Leonard Williams, he's been a little inconsistent, but he's been solid at times this year. So, again, great performance by the defense. I can't reiterate that enough. You know, very good. But the offense is where I was more impressed with because I knew that the defense was going to play fairly well in the sense of that seems to be the Giants' strength. This year if they even have a strength, it's hard to say this Giants team has a strength, but The Giants team this year The strongest unit let me word it this way because the Giants defense is not a strength I don't want anyone to get those words twisted. I'm not saying the Giants defense is a strength What I'm saying is the Giants strongest unit has to be defense still a very bad unit overall so far this season but if you look at the Giants' three units between special teams, defense, and offense, you got feel most com- com- you know you got to feel most confident and comfortable with the defense. That's how I feel. You know the the special teams unit scares the you know the shit out of me, and the offense does too. At least with the defense, I have a small sense of confidence and you know comfort. But as for the offense, wow. They looked really, really good. And the Giants could have won this game, should have. You know, Darren Waller got held on the last play of the game. That was ridiculous that that wasn't called. But, you know, some calls go your way, some calls don't. You know, I know Washington fans will say, oh, remember last year when Darnay Holmes was mugging uh, whoever was it, Dotson? I remember who. Was it Samuel? Maybe it was McLaurin. I don't remember which one it was. But it was in Washington the Giants snuck one out, won the game. And it really should have been pass interference on the defense, Darnay Holmes, but they didn't call it. So I know Washington fans are listening saying, "Hey, look, you got away with one against us. This happens, and it does, but it's just very frustrating when you're on the wrong side of it, right?" So the the offensive line looked much better. Neil, let's give him credit. Neil played much better. Um, very impressed, as I said in the earlier segment, with Pew, he played exceptional. Very well against this uh, Bills defense, and this Bills defense is no joke. So Neil, I applaud you. Good for you. Hopefully this step in the right direction. Room for improvement? Yes. I'm not saying Neil played like a you know superstar, but he played better. So give him credit where he, it you know where it belongs. So Neil played better. Pugh played exceptional, which who would have thought? You know, Justin Pugh straight off the couch, right? Who would have thought he would have played as well as he did? So offensive line much better still let's you know there's there's definitely uh room for improvement but overall happy with what i saw step in the right direction at least for one game saquon barkley barkley looked sharp in his return we all knew that we all knew he was going to look sharp look he finished with 93 yards on 24 carries he looked very sharp in the beginning of the game he he was struggling to find holes it wasn't that he wasn't sharp it was just there were no holes Right, the the first quarter, going into even the second quarter, I mean, there wasn't a lot of you know running room for him. But as the game went, he found room, and that's why he is so good, and he's elite. And that's why if any running back is worth the money, I'm not going to sit here and say he's worth fifteen, sixteen million, right? I think that's a little too much for a running back. But there's not many running backs that really are worth the money they want. Saquon Barkley is one of them. He's worth it. Not saying the Giants should go give him 16000000 million. I'm just saying is that if you were going to give a running back that kind of money, there's not many that you could justify it. And Saquon is one that you could, if you really want to, justify it. But he looked very good in his return. You know, I was happy to see the Giants didn't really limit him too much. I didn't know what kind of workload he would get. You know, I didn't know what kind of workload the Giants went up giving him. Uh, I I didn't know. But the Giants clearly gave him plenty of workload with 24 carries, and he made the most of it, almost 100 yards. Um, Like I said, that's what makes Barkley so special. There's never a lot of holes with, you know, when he's running the ball, right? We For all of his career, the Giants haven't had this amazing offensive line. The Giants have had some pretty offensive lines, you know, and he still found a way to make it work. And that's why he's so good. He finds the holes, even when it's extremely difficult. Like Sunday night, it was looking extremely difficult, and he still found a way to make it work. So very happy what I saw from him. And, you know, I want to end this segment here with talking about Tyrod Taylor. We have to. I mean, he was probably the most impressive out of everyone. Offensive line, Saquon Barkley, they were all impressive. But I was most impress- impressed with Tyrod Taylor. Right, he didn't find the end zone, but he finished with 200 yards passing, and he completed just about 67% of his passes, it was like 66.666, you know, somewhere around up here, 67% of his passes, not bad, not bad considering, you know, it's his first start of the year, and he hasn't had a lot of playing time, you know, I know the Giants put him in a little bit like it's the Cowboys garbage time, but he really hasn't had much playing time this year, Um, so considering The fact that he was going up against a very good team in the Bills and we were on the road and he didn't have a lot of, you know, practice with the team in the sense of, you know, for most of the year up until Jones got injured, Jones was getting the first team reps in practice, obviously, and whatnot. So Tyrod Taylor, you know, with the card he was dealt here, you couldn't be more impressed. Some people might say, well, you know, I wish that he was better in this aspect or that aspect. All right, I mean, are we going nitpick? You know, he's not Patrick Mahomes. He's Tyrod Taylor. You know, he's, and I I do owe him an apology, actually, because, you know, if you listen to my NFC East preview podcast with my good friend Ian, I did say on that podcast that Tyrod Taylor is a solid backup, but nothing more. And I wasn't impressed with him in the little bit of garbage time he had. Uh, I, I just didn't think he was that good of a quarterback. Well, Tyrod Taylor, I'm sorry, because I was wrong. You know, you are much better than I thought. I thought at most you were just a serviceable, backup, a serviceable backup, and that was that. But you can argue that Tyrod Taylor still could be a starting quarterback, depending on the situation, with the way he looked Sunday night. You can't tell me otherwise. So... Tyrod Taylor, I was most impressed with him. Yeah, I know the, uh, the whole mishap right in the second quarter going to halftime where, you know, I don't know whose fault it was, whether it was Tyrod Taylor or Dave. Well, It seems like it was Tyrod Taylor's fault because he changed the play. And as you all know, we don't find the end zone. We don't get any points. Um, and that, yeah. Uh, that wasn't pretty by Tyrod Taylor if he really did change the play, but again, very impressive with what I saw from the Giants, you know, and you got to feel good, at least a little bit. I'm not saying you should feel great, right? Let's, let's be honest. The Giants are still one in five. The Giants are still going to be sellers. The Giants are probably only going to finish with four or five wins on the season if this continues. And five might be generous. So I'm not saying you should feel good. What I'm saying is, if you look at just Sunday's game, there is a little bit to feel good about. A little bit. I'm not saying you should change your perspective on this team. This team is is going to sell and needs to sell. And this team is not going to make the playoffs this year. That hasn't changed. What I'm saying though, you should feel a little good about Sunday's win and feel maybe we have something for next year. There are some pieces here. That's what Sunday's game should give you. Sunday's game should make you feel good about next year's Giants, that we have some pieces we could add to it, and, hey, maybe we'll finally be competitive, you know, and we could go up against the Eagles and Cowboys next year. Not saying we can. I still think we'll need some time. You know, I think, unfortunately, the Cowboys and Eagles are light years better than us, unfortunately. I hate saying that, but numbers don't lie. But overall, you have to feel good a little bit about Sunday. Sunday's loss, because it really could have been a, you know, they really could have won. If Darren Waller gets the holding call, anything could have happened at that point. So, maybe the Giants still would have lost, but there's a good chance they could have won. So, the fact that the Giants with Tyrod Taylor went to Buffalo and almost beat the Bills, you could feel a little good about that. Uh, but be cautious about this. I'm not saying going to this week and say, wow, the Giants are the best. Wow, we shouldn't be sellers. Wow, we can make the playoffs. None of that is true. The Giants are still a bad team. The Giants sh- should still be sellers. And this year's gone. It is. But at least that gave us something. To feel at least slightly good about, right? Because I don't want to go the whole year feeling like shit. I don't. I I really don't. You know, I want to at least have a few bright spots with this Giants team. And that was one of them, at least. Even though we got the loss, considering that we were, you know, losing every game other than a good, you know, a good two quarters, a good half against the Cardinals... We couldn't beat anyone going into that Bills game. And then we lose our starting quarterback. And we have Justin Pugh starting, who, like he said, is straight off the couch. And Saquon Barkley, it's his first game back. So who knows how sharp he would have been going into it. And the defense was having a tough time. He saw what they did the week before. So considering all that stuff, feel at least a little good. But we're still the uh, basement giants who will finish at the you know at the bottom here i mean right now i think we might be last place team the way washington's playing they're not playing great but we'll get into in the next segment here they're not playing bad either so right now i mean that's why i call us the basement giants we just are this year we're going to finish at the bottom we're obviously going to finish with a worse record than the eagles and cowboys the you know Washington's question questionable, but I unfortunately think I hate saying this. I hope I'm wrong, but the way Washington's playing, I think we're going to finish with a, with a worse whack. I can't even speak. Jeez. The way the uh the way Washington's playing, I think we're going to finish with a worse record than them. And I hope I'm wrong, but you know, I does anyone else feel differently? Do you do you really think the way the Giants are playing? They're really going to just turn the corner. I mean, we saw something from them Sunday. We did, but odds are Jones is going to be back soon, and they're going to put him as a starter, and they're they're going to struggle. Now, a good question here, I was discussing it on Twitter, was what should the Giants do if Jones come back and he struggles? I'm going to tell you what they should do. If Jones comes back and struggles... I say the Giants give him two two quarters, a half. So let's just say that let's just say Jones comes back against the Jets, right? Let's just say he comes back against the Jets. If he's struggling after the first two quarters of the game, at halftime you need to make the switch. If he's struggling, you need you need to put Tyrod Taylor in as your st- starting quarterback for quarter three and quarter four. No ifs, ands or buts. And depending on how bad he struggled, you might want to start Tyrod Taylor next game, next week, the week after. (coughs) Excuse me. So, in my opinion, I think you give Daniel Jones when he comes back two more quarters to figure it out. If he shows promise, you continue rolling with him. But if those first two quarters, whenever he comes back, he sucks... You need to make the change, and we need to start looking at Tyrod Taylor as a starting quarterback. I know no one wants to see a $40 million backup quarterback, but at the end of the day, what do you want to do here? Do you really want to get blown out every game? I mean, yeah, we want to finish kind of at the bottom here so we can get a good pick because this team isn't a playoff team, but you still want to compete. Because you're going to want to bring in free agents. If we get blown out every game, who's going to want to come here? We still want to be somewhat competitive, even if we lose. So free agents can look at it and say, hey, the Giants, even though they had a bad record, they were competitive. Maybe I'm the piece to turn them around. So I know we want to fish with a good pick and a bad record. I'm not saying we shouldn't. What I'm saying is we still need to be competitive. And in order to be competitive, I think we may be looking at Tyrod Taylor as the quarterback. But, we'll see. Give him two more quarters. That's it. Two more. If you suck it up two more quarters, Daniel Jones, I think a change must be made. Tyrod Taylor, with not a lot of preparation against a good team on the road, almost beat them, finished with 200 yards, and 67% of his passes were completed. I mean... Come on, what are we doing here? If Tyrod Taylor's playing better, I think he needs to be the starter. I don't care that he's older. I don't care that he has less potential and he's just going to regress as the years go because he's getting older. I don't care about any of that. I care about what he's doing right now. We need to look at the the present time here. Currently, what is Tyrod Taylor doing and Daniel Jones doing right now? Tyrod Taylor's playing better, so give him the start. But we're going to take another quick break here. When we come back, we're going to talk about the upcoming game here against Washington, what we can expect, how we should feel. So we'll be right back. All right, so we're back, and now we're going to talk about the Giants' upcoming game against Washington. And, look, Washington started the year off slow. Um, You know, they they barely beat the Cardinals, you know, barely beat the Broncos, lose, get shellacked by the Bills. But the last three weeks – have been much better, at least two of the th- three games. Um, this game looked much more favorable for the Giants on the schedule before the season started. Look, a few weeks ago, they play the Eagles on the road and take them to overtime and lose on a last-minute field goal. So, yeah, their defense gave up 34 points, which is a little sloppy, but their defense made plays for the most part when plays needed to be made. Their offense looked great moving the ball, You know, find the end zone, putting up 31 points. You know, that's impressive. I know the Eagles just lost to the Jets, and I think we all could agree they are overrated. I'm not saying they're a bad team, but I think they were overrated. They're certainly not as good as the 49ers, in my opinion, in the NFC. But, again, the Eagles are still a good team. And it took the Eagles overtime and a last-minute field goal in overtime to... Well, not last-minute. I mean, there was still some time in overtime, but... It was towards the end of overtime is what I'm saying. So it took the Eagles a late field goal in overtime to beat Washington. Then the week after, this is the game we're not going to talk too much about. It's DJ Moore game, which if any of you had them on your fancy team this week, if any of you had DJ Moore on your fancy team that week, excuse me, good for you. I was one of them. Put up quite a bit of points. I think it was 45 fancy points. He single-handedly won me that week. Um, And he also took down one of my rivals. So thank you, DJ Moore, killing two birds with one stone. But that game for the Bears, you know, they dominated. Um, That game did not look good. Defense, offense, nothing looked good really for Washington. But then last week against the Falcons on the road. Look, I know the Falcons aren't a great team, but the Falcons are pesky and they are finding ways to win some games. And Washington beat them 24-16. They moved the ball. Found their, the end zone. Their defense stayed strong. Made play, made up plays when plays need to be made. So, two of the last, although they started slow, the game against the Eagles and the game against the Falcons, I mean, those were strong games by Washington. So, I mean, should we feel confident, Giants fans? I mean, I do. I do think the Giants will win this game. But how confident should we feel? I don't think we should be super confident. I mean, look. Washington, we know who Washington is. They're not, you know, they're not the 49ers. But they are playing well. I mean, like I said, they're moving the ball. 124 total first down so far. You know, they're, con- they're converting their fourth down conversions. Four of six on the year. They have just under 2,000 yards. 1,812 total offensive yards on the year. You know, their defense... Their defense is making plays when plays need to be made. Um, they they have 34 sacks on the season, so that's not bad either. So they're not a bad team when you look at the numbers and you look at some of the teams they beat. You know, and even some of the losses they had, like we said. I mean, look, <clears throat> excuse me. Obviously, the uh, Bills' loss was embarrassing for them, but the Bills were playing some of their best football around then. And look, the Bears' loss was embarrassing for them, but the Bears, I don't know, they're not a bad team. They figured it out that week. But even though they lost, they they really competed against the Eagles. And, you know, the Falcons are not the 49ers, but the Falcons are still a solid team, and they beat the Falcons. And look, earlier in the year, I mean, they beat the Broncos, who at that point we, we didn't know were this bad, and they beat the Cardinals, who are better than people realize. So, I mean, this is not a bad team, is my point. The Giants shouldn't go into this game saying, hey, you know, this is a game we'll win. Look, I know the Giants, they they beat the, you know, they beat Washington usually. They have a better record, you know, head-to-head. And I know Daniel Jones owns them. But Daniel Jones probably isn't playing. And every year is a different year. So even though the Giants have had incredible success against the 49ers in their franchise, every year is a different year. Every team is a new team. So... Just because they've had previous success doesn't mean it's going to carry into this week. Again, I do think the Giants will win this game, especially with Tyrod Taylor under center. The offense is looking good. Uh, you know, the defense, they look like they're playing better. So I do think the Giants will win this game, but we can't be overly confident. One number that gets me a little excited is the, you know, Washington's third down conversions. It's an ugly number. Washington Washington is only I can even speak too many w's and C's Washington has only converted 24 of their 73rd down tries that is an ugly number to me this game is going to come down to defense both offenses are going to move the ball and make plays when they need to me this game it this game's going to come down to what defense wants it more and that's where I think the Giants can pull this game out. The Giants can find a way to get them in third-down situations. They're showing you that they're not that good at converting third-downs. So they can get them in third-down situations. They have a good chance of stopping them and forcing a punt. So that's where I think the Giants are going to find a way to win this game. Tyrod Taylor is going to move the ball. Saquon Barkley is going to run for days. I mean, this the offensive line, I like what I saw last week. Maybe that's a step in the right direction, but I wouldn't. You know, bet on it. I I, th- I think that the Giants offense will move the ball. You know, and I think they'll put up more points than they did against the Bills. But to me, this is a defensive game. The, the you know, Washington's defense is playing better. You saw what they did against the Falcons. So they are playing better. I'm not saying their defense sucks. What I'm saying is I think the Giants can find a way to get the you know, I think the Giants can find a way to get Washington into Third down situations, and if they do, I think you have a good chance of stopping them, forcing punts, and that's recipe for success defensively. You could, if you could stop the team, you know, stop them on third down, get some punts, or even field goals. If if they let them get in field goal range, but stop them, a field goal is better than a touchdown, obviously. So you if you could get punts and get field goals instead of touchdowns, you're in good shape, and that's what I think we're looking at. Again, easier said than done. This Washington team isn't a bad team. I mean, Howell's got potential. He's He's got to stop throwing the ball away. You know, he he's, he throws a lot of interceptions, turns the ball over. Um, you know, and that's what, I, that's what I mean when he throws the ball away. I don't mean he physically throws it away. I mean, he's throwing it away to the other team, and they're getting it. You know, he's got to learn to actually throw the ball away. I mean, it's he, – he's still got potential, though. You know, he's shown signs. He's mobile. He can move. He, he makes plays. He's got a solid arm. I mean, they have a solid backfield. Obviously, they're running the ball well. Robinson is. Uh, they have weapons. McLaurin, you know, maybe he hasn't been as involved this year and last year as we've seen him in previous years, obviously. Um, But he's still a weapon. I know Dotson is struggling to get involved, but he's still a weapon. Samuel's always involved. So, I mean, they have weapons. But to me, their offensive line is weak. I don't know who has a weaker offensive line. Right now, I guess you can make the argument the Giants have the weaker offensive line. But to me, this is how I look at it. Washington has a weak offensive line. So I expect the Giants to put pressure on Howell. And I expect, the, I expect Washington to be in a lot of third-down situations. I expect them to have trouble converting. And the Giants, I think offensively, will find a way to put up enough points to move the ball enough to win, as long as the defense can do that. So that's what I'm looking at with this game. I think it's a defensive game. I think the Giants are going to find a way to get them in third down spots and make them punt it away or go for a field goal, and the offense is going to answer. That's what I'm looking at. But it's easy for me to say that. I'm I'm, I'm standing here looking at notes. You know, I'm not actually playing. But the way the offensive played against the Bills, I expect them to actually be able to move the ball and score some points. And if they could do that with this defense, I mean, look at how the defense just played last week. And now they have a favorable matchup against a bad offensive line. I mean, the Bills are a much better team than Washington. So, I mean, let me tell you something. This is going to be a close game. I don't think it's going to go into overtime, but this will be a close game. And I think it will take some late heroics from whatever team wants to win it. To actually win it. But to me, I think the Giants are going to sneak this one out and they're going to find a way to win. But even if they win, we should still understand something. There's still sellers at the deadline. Them winning doesn't change anything. But before I move on to you know, the rest of their s- schedule and what I think is going to happen here, there's two players I want to talk about that I hope get involved more offensively, and I think they might this week, I hope. So it's Sterling Shepard and Isaiah Hodgins. Look, Sterling Shepard is getting older. We know that. We knew his role was going to diminish. I mean, Robinson is pretty much running his role. You know, he's a slot guy, a lot of slants, a lot of quick releases. That's what Shepard did when he first came along. (coughs) Excuse me. So, look, I get it. Um, I get why Shepard isn't that involved. Older health concerns. Um, he maybe just doesn't have it anymore. He he looks like he might've lost a step. Robinson is running really what his role has been in previous years, but Sterling Shepard, in my opinion, still has something in the tank. And I would like to see him get a little bit more involved. I mean, he's got three receptions for 23 yards on the season. I mean, we've played six games here, so he's not even averaging one reception a game. I mean... To me, I didn't expect Shepard to be that uninvolved. To only have three receptions and twenty-three yards, I expected him to be more involved. I'm shocked that he's this uninvolved. Maybe we'll see him involved against Washington. You know, maybe we'll see him get involved and and be a piece to this offense against Washington. But I don't know. I, I don't know. I I'm really confused why he's so uninvolved. I knew he would drop off, but not this much. So I would like to see him get a little bit more involved because I think he's still got something left in the tank. I mean, he was last year before his injury, I know it was early, but last year in his little bit of time before he got hurt, he looked good. So I'm shocked. Another guy, like I said, Isaiah Hodgins. Look, he was a beast last year, right? He had 33 receptions for 351 yards last year in his little stint with the Giants. But this year, he is very uninvolved. He's only got 10 receptions for 107 yards on the season. Um, and I don't know why he's so uninvolved. I really don't. Like, I know we, had, we added more weapons. I know the offensive line is struggling and Daniel Jones is struggling. So I didn't expect him to put up the same numbers he did last year. But I expect him to be more involved than this. You know, I really thought after Waller, he'd be his, his go to. Like, I thought Waller would be his number one look and target for Jones obviously, but after Waller, I thought Hodgins would be Jones' second-looking and target, and he has not. You know, it, it seems like it's been Robinson one since he came back from his injury, and Waller two, and Hodgins, I don't even know if he would be number three. I mean, he's that uninvolved. So those are two guys i really like to see get involved against Washington more so Hodgins because Hodgins really took the Giants by storm last year. I mean he was he was a breath of fresh air you know he he didn't produce like Odell Beckham Jr but he almost had that you know number one wide receiver kind of uh feeling to him, which we haven't had since Beckham left obviously uh, so I, I don't know what what happened with him. he's so uninvolved. You know, 10 receptions for 107 yards is not what I would have had on my bingo card. I'm sure you guys feel the same way. No way after last year. So, I would like to see Hodgins get more involved, and same with Shepard. You know, these are two guys that really could open up the field. You know, I know Robinson's running the slot, but why can't we have two guys running in the slot here? I mean, get Shepard in there, I think he really open up the field a little bit. Um, Not as much as Robinson, but I really think he could give Tyrod some quick releases or Jones when he gets back some quick releases. Um, And as for Hodgins, I mean, he has, in my opinion, number one wide receiver potential here. I think he could be, you know, you target him short, medium, long. I think he could do all three. He's not like just a long, you know, long ball threat or he's a, you know, quick release guy or this, that. Like, he could do it all. You could look for him for a curl. You know, a a slant, a medium gain, a Hail Mary long gain. Like, you you can look for him for anything, in my opinion. He showed that last year, and they're not doing that this year. So, little little confused with why those two players have not been involved. I'm hoping that the Giants can get Hodgins and Shepard, especially Hodgins, going more. Maybe that's what you need, because Waller can't do it by himself. Look, Saquon in the backfield can't do it by himself. You can't win just off of Saquon running the ball. Waller, you saw him get more targets with Tyrod Taylor, um, although not all of them connected, but he can't do it all. You know, Robinson, obviously, he can't do it all. I mean, you need more than just a few weapons with how poorly this team is playing. I mean, you need you need everyone on their game here. This team is not constructed where you could just have a really good running back in Saquon and maybe two solid passing options, and you're good. I mean we're not we don't have Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball. We have Daniel Jones, Tyrod Taylor. You need more weapons on the offensive line to hold it down. You need more weapons whether they're on the team and they're involved or you have to go get them. Now, that's not for this year. If you go go get them, get them after this year's over cuz this year's is done and we are toast. And I will tell you why after this quick break. All right, so we're back and to finish off We're going to talk about what the Giants will do the rest of the year, what their record is going to look like by the end of the season, and I do not think it's going to be a good record at all. You know, you look at their next game against Washington, they'll probably win that one, but we're not sure. The weekend after, they take on the Jets. I'll be at that game. I hope that I bring them some good luck, but the way the Jets are playing, I don't feel confident about that game the week after you're looking at the Raiders. I do think they'll beat the Raiders on the road the week after against the Cowboys. You're, you're not going to win that game in Dallas. Unfortunately, the way the giants are playing and the way the Cowboys are playing, they're not winning that game. Then the week after they play Washington in Washington. And I, I don't think they'll sweep the series. So, I think the Giants win one game and lose one game to Washington. I think they'll win this weekend, but the one in Washington, they'll probably lose. I mean, Washington plays them hard. They're not going to sweep. The way the Giants playing right now, they're not going to sweep Washington for the season. The week after, the Patriots. I think they beat the Patriots. There's a lot going on with the Patriots. They don't know who to play a quarterback, as Mac Jones stinks. Now, they're reporting that Belichick might be out after the year's over. So, they have a lot of issues. The week after against the Packers, they'll probably lose that game the way the Packers are playing. Uh, Aaron Jones will be back by then. He'll probably be back this weekend, if not the weekend after. So he'll definitely be back by then. It'll probably be a tough game for the Giants to win. The week after against the Saints, that's a toss-up. I don't know if I feel overly confident with the the way the Giants are playing, that they'll win that one it is in New Orleans. Then you have the Eagles. They're going to lose that game. The only way they have a chance of beating the Eagles either one of those games, the one on Christmas or their last game of the season, January 7th, the only way they have a chance of winning either one of those games is if the Eagles rest their starters, which the way the 49ers are playing, they probably won't be resting their starters because they're going to be competing for that number one seed in the NFC. And then in between both those Eagles games, you have the Rams, and the Rams are playing well. So I think if you look at this, they already have one win on the season. I think if you really dive into this, you're looking at um, probably my guess would be two, three, four. I think you're looking at a four-win Giants team, maybe five if some luck goes their way or if the Eagles are resting their starters or whatnot. But I really think the way the Giants are playing, you're looking at a four-win Team. So that is what brings us to the statement I made earlier in this podcast, the earlier segment of the Giants have to figure out what they want to do with Daniel Jones, because they're going to have two different routes to go here, two different paths. They either keep Daniel Jones, and this draft is going to be building around him, more offensive line, maybe some more weapons. I'm sure they'll touch the defense at some point, but you're going to notice if they want to keep Daniel Jones, which right now, that's what I'm leaning towards, but my answer is the way, the, you know, depending on how he plays, that might change. But if you keep Daniel Jones, you're going to be building around him with the offensive line and then probably some more weapons, especially if you don't plan on bringing Saquon back. Again, I'm not suggesting that, but they might be looking for his replacement. They might, they're not going to tag him again. They're not, they might not want to sign him to a long term deal. I'm not saying that they should let him walk, but they haven't signed him to a long term deal yet. So who knows if they really want to. But if they decide that they, want to move on to Daniel Jones, you're going to be looking at getting a quarterback in the first round. Then you're going to be looking at offensive linemen, but after the offensive linemen, you're probably not going to give them as many more weapons because you might feel the next set coming in, that's enough weapons, depending on if you keep Saquon, depending on what the wide receiver situation looks at. So that's why I say you're going to have two different paths because if you go with Daniel Jones, you're going to be really bolstering up this offense Which you've already done numerous times. I don't know how many times he needs us to bolster this offense up. But I'll give him some slack here. The offensive line sucks. But if you go for a rookie quarterback, obviously first round you're taking him. And then after that, you might not have to build around him as much. You might feel confident that he might be able to work with what you have. So we'll see what the Giants do. But again, I hope I'm wrong. I don't want to see a 4-1 Giants team. But I really don't see a lot of opportunity here. I really don't. I mean, maybe maybe six wins if, like I said, if, if the Eagles are resting their starters and they sneak one out, you know, maybe if, look, maybe I'm giving the Saints too much credit. They're not a great team. Maybe the Giants can sneak that one out. So maybe you're looking at a six-win Giants team. But I think you're going to be looking at somewhere between a four and six-win team. My guess would be closer to four. And, you know, it sucks. Who would have thought after the year they had last year that we'd be talking about a four win team and selling and rebuilding kind of again, all by week seven? But here we are. You know, if you told me last year that by week seven of this year, we'd be talking about rebuilding and possibly a new quarterback. And only one win under our belt and might only be you know, might only win four more games on the year and finish with five wins or so. I would say you're crazy. But crazy has become reality. And you know, who knows? Only time will tell. Only time will tell if we're gonna be moving on from Daniel Jones. Only time will tell if this is a massive rebuild. Who knows? But the only thing I think is sure here is. Brian Dable will be back next year. I know a lot of people are calling for him to be fired. I think that's insane. He just won coach of the year last year. You don't fire coach of the year after one bad year. Right? You think Belichick was perfect when he was young and starting out as a coach? Imagine if you fired him after one bad year when he first got started. I'm not saying Dable will be Belichick. I'm not I'm not saying that. I don't I don't think Dable is Belichick up and coming. What I'm saying is Dable is a good coach. They don't give Coach of the Year awards out to bad coaches. He had a great year last year, did so much more with the roster than we could have ever dreamed of. Yeah, he's made some bonehead decisions maybe with the play calling. Yeah, he's shown up some of his quarterbacks. You saw Tyrodie screaming at him because he went with the wrong play right before half against the Bills and this, that. Yeah, I'm not saying he's perfect this year. He's cle- He clearly has some flaws with some of his play calling, judgment, You know, I'm sure he had something to say with the roster and that hasn't really worked out. So, he he does have flaws, but overall, I, I don't put this on him 100%. He deserves some blame, but I don't think he deserves as much blame as people are giving him. At the end of the day, if Daniel Jones doesn't perform, that's not on him. If the offensive line doesn't block, that's not on him. If Saquon goes down with the high ankle sprain, that's not on him. Right? If the defense can't blitz because we're always behind, that's not really on him. Like, at the end of the day, the the players have to perform and there's nothing Dable could do if the players aren't performing. So that is my take on Dable. You cannot fire him. I can't believe people are calling for his fire. You know, I can't believe people actually are sitting there saying he needs to be let go. He needs to be fired. That's insane. You know, next year, if he struggles and you want to talk about a hot seat, maybe, maybe, but you have to give him the rest of this year even if it goes even worse than we expect and they win three or two games, like he gets the rest of this year regardless of what happens with the Giants. And then in my opinion, even if the Giants struggle next year, I wouldn't really put him on the hot seat yet. But if you are going to put him on the hot seat, wait for next year and see how the Giants do. It's not fair to put him on the hot seat this year. We can't be so hot and cold with coaches. We can't love them one second when they're doing well. And then the next second, literally season after, turn off the switch because he's struggling. Let's give him the rest of this year. And I think he should get all of next year too, even if the Giants struggle. My opinion, next year, see how the Giants do. And if they struggle, okay, if you want to get some thoughts, some ideas, okay, but I wouldn't act on it yet. The year after next year, if the Giants are struggling, okay, now you've had four years you know, you're on your fourth year at that point. You want to talk about firing him, let him go. But he deserves the rest this this year, definitely, 100%. You let him finish this year, and you have to give him a, a big chance next year. You can't move on from him after a 0-2 start next year. You know, he was a big part of last year. I mean, last year the defense was playing well. Saquon was playing well. Jones was playing phenomenal. He's the bi- biggest piece player-wise. Jones was playing exceptional, like a franchise quarterback. The offense was moving. The defense was playing exceptional. A lot of things were going away last year. And you have to give the credit to the players. But I also give a lot of credit last year to Dable. Dable, in my opinion, contributed contributed a lot to the Giants' success last year. I give the most credit to the players, but Dable's right there under them. I think they love playing under Dable. I think he really fired them up. I think he really made great decisions. And... Wink deserves credit and Kafka does too, but in my opinion, Dable was a big part in last year's success. If he's not there, I don't think we play as well. I don't I'm not saying we would finish with 3 wins, but in my opinion, if Dable's not the head coach, we don't make the playoffs. Last year we don't. I think he was such a big part to the team's success. You go fire him after one year, that's crazy. So that's going to do for today, guys. Thanks again for tuning in. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, you know where to find me. Twitter, Instagram, even my website. But again, thank you all for your support. Have a great day. Talk to you next week.